Ow! 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 Darn it! Ow! Are you good? You good? Yeah. The, the one side effect of doing this podcast. Inevitably, someone's going to step on one. You stepped on a Lego, didn't you? I told you to put those away. <laughs> That's just it. They're breeding like rabbits. Every time I think I put them away, there's two more. Oh, God, they're tribbles now. I keep telling you, this is like the best torture technique. They should be using this in Al-Qaeda and not waterboarding. Just make them step on Legos. Good afternoon, good evening, good whatever time of day it is. Welcome once again to Gaming Street Irregulars. My name's James Irish. I'm joined by Chrissy Harding, as always. Hi, everyone. And please welcome back to the studio our fearless leader, Mr. Christopher Frank. Hola, senor. Como esta usted? Muy bien. I think that's actually the sum total of the Spanish that I know at this point, too. So Same. I know more, but I'm not going to go there. Um. <laughs> Let me guess the curse words. That and my best friend was Puerto Rican, so once I started taking, once I started taking Spanish in high school, because apparently I wasn't allowed to take Italian because I spoke it too well. Uh huh. Her household just switched, just switched right over to Spanish. So unless you spoke Spanish, you got picked on. So it was like do or die. <laughs> was that is that Marilu? Mariluz. Mariluya. Mariluya. Yeah, she's a doll. I remember her. Oh my god. I performed her wedding. Yes, you did. That's you amazing. Did. I'm like, wait, I, that's, that was one of the times I was out of town. <laughs> yes, it was one of the few times. Yeah. And then, yeah, you performed her wedding, and this time not in a Darth Vader costume. No. It, I think it was actually, that was a couple years before the Darth Vader event. So, yes, so we're here to talk about um, Lego building things. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's outstanding. I'm so excited. So and I'm happy to say that I am I am at right now as the recording of this podcast I am 51 years old. So therefore, let's see. Let me do the quick math. Eight, thirty. I have been playing with Legos for 43 years. And considering that Legos is technically 90 years old, as of 20... 99, it's it's like eight to 99 is the is the age range on the box, yeah. which would be. I think that's really. I think that's why Betty White gave up because she knew that as soon as she hit the birthday, she wouldn't be able to play with Legos anymore. You know what? I accept that as I accept that as headcanon. Right, right up there, where, where she where she fought where she fought the evil side of 2022 and took it over the edge. Yeah, but actually, you're coming with me. But actually, Legos themselves are is only have actually only been around for 90 years. Yep, mm-hmm. this is the 90th anniversary. Apparently, there's going to be some anniversary sets that I've been hearing rumors about, including a big revival of the old castle line. Oh, that'll be exciting. Oh, my God. I, yeah. I'm in I, for that. I have to find... I, I, I'm going to have to find room for all of that now. <laughs> I'm going to need a bigger house. That's it. Jules, you're moving out. We need your room, honey. Oh, dear. No? Well, you've, She's not you're buying right. into it. Well, you've already been saying you wanted to get a bigger house anyway, so you could get a second dog. That's it. Yeah. You know, actually, I think just just kind of touch that tangent real quick. I don't, I think it's, I'm not worried about the size of the house. I want a bigger yard that's completely fenced in so dogs can run around because I kind of have a postage stamp backyard at the moment. But anyway, neither here nor there. Yeah. It did. Now, I don't want to jump the gun too far, but James, are you going to bring up the, uh, the Netflix series that touched on Legos and stuff? Yep. That the toys that made us. The toys that made us. Thank you. Yes, because I remember yes. we talked about it for our for the Monkey Business podcast a while back. So I'm going. I'm not going to then make ultimate references to the Netflix series, the toys that made us, and the whole hour and a half long documentary about Legos because you're going to be doing that, and I don't want to. I don't want to touch on anything that you're going to do, and I don't want to ruin anything about the actually documentary. You can talk about it all you like. I I don't want to ruin any any you know instrument or that you might want to bring up about the toys that made us, the Netflix documentary that people can like pause our podcast right now and go watch. Okay, hint, hint. Pause, pause the podcast now. Go watch. <laughs> no, Don't worry. Just, we will be here. No. Yeah. We will be here talking about Legos. 
You know, it's the host in me. I'm sorry, I have questions, but I'm going to hold on to them for now. So I want the actual host of this particular podcast to do the work. So, so would you like me, so maybe to give us some areas to look at, to kind of flying off into some of the areas. Do you want me to guys go through the quick facts, some fun facts about Legos? If you could hold on to that for just a second, because we need to take a very short break for station identification. Everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of a team Everything is awesome When we live in our dreams Everything is better when we stick together Side by side, you and I gonna win forever Let's party forever Lego, based in Denmark, is the single largest toy company in the world i'm not gonna say the universe because well we don't know what else is out there but don't worry it'll eventually take over the universe too (laughs) starships made of lego taking us to alpha centauri in the future go it'll probably hold better hold together better than some of the stuff they come out with too too soon for a challenger joke too soon too soon for a columbia joke yeah it's always too soon Beginning in the carpentry workshop of Ole Kirk Christensen in Billund, Denmark, in 1916, which is when he opened the shop, mm-hmm. Lego was introduced in roughly, I want to say, the 1930s. 1932. 32, yes. But the thing is, is he actually did not start out making Legos. He was a carpenter. Christensen mm-hmm. was a carpenter. And he actually lost his business. And so he had the leftover wood from his job. So he started making toys out of them. And so he made a small wooden duck toy and they just kind of loved it. So he started selling these wood duck toys and eventually started making the blocks so people could build them. Now, they weren't interlocking yet. Interlocking was a little further down the road. But um, he came up with the name Lego from Legot, which means play well in Danish. And Lego is made from the first two letters of each of those words. <laughs> Speaking of Danish, I'm hungry. Oh, mm. never mind. <laughs> yeah, mom, mom, just made, mom just made some baked goods because now I can smell them. There you go. Yeah. And actually, so the plural for Lego is Lego. So it's not Legos. It's not Legos. People will say it, but according to the Oxford Dictionary, the plural for Lego is Lego. Huh. (laughs) It's like, hey, there is a sheep and there's a whole flock of sheep. So it's kind of like the same thing. Yeah, pretty much close to that. Okay. Uh, As we said that this year, uh, the company will be turning 90 years old. However, Uh the interlocking Lego blocks were started manufacturing in 1949. So that kind of makes the blocks that we know you know, a little bit younger. Interestingly enough, um, the actual patent that we know for Lego blocks was not done until 1958. Okay. And you can actually take a current Lego block and you can attach it to a Lego block from 1958. This is known as the universal system and they're compatible no matter what year they were made or what set they belong to. So you can actually interchange your Legos. That is cool. Yeah. That is very, that's handy. And that, it's probably like a huge factor to their success. Oh, yeah. But that's not to say Lego is not against suing other companies for trying to rip them off. Uh-huh. Uh, in 20... I'm sure they sued, tying things to video games, Nintendo. Oh, wow. Because Nintendo in the 70s had an, a, a toy line called N-Block that is so on the nose a copy of Lego itself. I'd be genuinely surprised if there wasn't a lawsuit. Well, believe okay. it or not, I, I couldn't find a lawsuit on that, but they did sue a Chinese company who made cocoa bricks back in 20, 20, uh, 2002. And they were very, these boxes were very similar to the Legos to the point that you actually could take the Lego bricks and use the cocoa bricks on them. Oh, wow. So Coco was actually, they won, and Coco was forced to cease production and issue a formal apology to Legos for trying to steal their stuff. I, yeah, if someone could find that, that lawsuit, that would be kind of cool to read about. Uh-huh. There is enough Lego blocks currently made to stack from the earth to the moon and back again 10 times. Oh, That's a lot of Lego. 
The current largest commercial Lego set right now is the Taj Mahal set because it has 5,992 pieces. Currently, there are, and this is actually a rule in Lego, there are no sets with war or military theme. And that is because um, Christensen did not want to make war appealing to children. So that is kind of a rule with Lego where they try not to make anything that's like realistically war. I mean, you can have good versus evil kind of fights like with the Ninjago and stuff, but like actual traditional Lego sets, he did not want any war stuff. Like actual like World War II, Vietnam, like anything that was actually realistically based off of war. Has that been always the case? Because I, I, I want to remember or I want to see that maybe some of the early designs might have touched on it, but they kind of then they kind of steered away from it when they didn't feel comfortable. Or, or has that been just the way it is the whole time? According to the site I'm on, it's kind of been that way the whole time. Okay. So they've bent a little bit on that. They have bent the, a little bit, yeah. With things like Lego Star Wars. Right. Yeah. But I mean, that's so fantastical to. that they can get away with it. Right. He didn't want like a World War II set. He didn't want like a Vietnam War, like anything that was like actual like current warfare. Gotcha. I mean, you can have sci fi war, that's fine because it's fantasy or okay. like Star Wars or. When it gets like, a little too real, then that's where he's drawing the line. That's where he drew the line. In, two, in 2011 was when uh, Star Wars. Uh, um, not Star Wars. Astronauts actually took Legos to space. Lego to space. It was called the Lego Bricks and Space Program, and thirteen Lego sets were taken to the International Space Station to see how they react in microgravity. Well, you wouldn't have to worry about stepping on them, I suppose. No. <laughs> so they You're are. Me. So Lego, <laughs> Lego has become the world's largest toy company. They're now larger than Mattel. There is actually a job you can have. Really. Yeah, you can actually have a job as a Lego brick artist. One of those artists is Nathan Sawaya. He's actually one of the first brick artists. He actually has museums, and his and his actual exhibit was at Strong a couple of years, uh, probably about ten years ago, and it's called the Art of the Brick. And if you ever get a chance to our audience, if you ever get a chance to see this exhibit, it is amazing what this guy does with Legos. Cool. So six eight-studded Lego bricks can be combined in over 915 million different ways. So two bricks can be combined about 24 different ways, and three bricks are over 1,060 different ways. Um, You can actually, you could reach the moon with a column of around 40 billion Lego bricks, uh, and that column would be about 384,400 kilometers tall. If you want to know how fast... Legos sell. It has been timed. Seven Lego sets are sold every second of the day. Seven per second. Seven per second. They've Oof. actually timed it. If you lay all the Lego bricks sold in tw- just in 2012 alone, end to end, they would stretch around the world 18 times. Eight out of every million Lego pieces fail to meet the company standard so only so 18 out of a million so out of every million lego bricks only 18 would fail to meet their standards uh-huh. um, and they actually do not throw these lego bricks out what do they do with them they actually put them off the side to be used um in art okay in 2012, 45.7 billion Lego bricks were produced. This actually works out to be the rate of 2.5 million Lego, Lego bricks are produced for, uh, per hour. And in 2009, British TV presenter James May built a life-size house out of Legos. Oh, my God. It used 3.3 billion bricks, and it included a working toilet, a shower, and a bed, which would be very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Lego is also the world's largest producer of rubber wheels. They produce more rubber wheels for their kits than Brickstone, Goodyear, and all the other tire manufacturers put together. <laughs> oh my lord, that's amazing. Yeah. And James, cuz cuz I cuz you and I were kind of doing this. So minfigs actually were introduced so minifigures or minfigs um, were actually introduced in 1978. Uh, Early figures before this had no facial feature or gender, legs, or movable parts. They were just like a little brick that had a person on it. Yep. I still have some of my old ones. 
So currently, ever since then, four billion have been made. This makes Lego the world's largest population group. <laughs> if they were alive. So they are the like out of all the groups, they are like largest ones. Lego Duplo box are eight times larger than regular Legos, but because they are made by Lego, you can still attach little Legos to the duploids. Uh-huh. They actually will click together. So you can use the, the duploids with Legos. It's the flex. I think the innovation that's what gets me the most is is just how uh, universal, like you were saying, they get the universal system, but how it has not changed. It you know because you have like certain companies out there that will remain nameless that their quote unquote universal system changes every couple of years. Mm-hmm. So it's universal for all the products they want to sell you right now, but you know it doesn't go backwards. So you have these old things you can't use it because they're not as universal as they claim they are. But here's Lego from the beginning saying, nope, everything is going to work together all the time forevermore. And it's just like, it's so wild to see that dedication. Yeah. And I'm just going to end on on this one for my fun facts. In Mm -hmm. 2000, Lego was named the toy of the century by the British Association of Toy Retailers. And they're not wrong. It beat out the teddy bear and the Barbie doll. As it should. As well it should. That's it for me. Those are your nice. fun facts. It says something about a timeline, but when I tried to pull up a timeline of Lego, it was like the same thing as everything else. I'm going to, while you guys are talking, I'm actually going to look to see if I could find uh, Lego versus Nintendo. If it happened. Nintendo lawsuit. So you, you boys talk amongst yourselves. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so do you remember your very first Lego set? I do. And here's the thing is, is every so often I think fondly about this story. And and I know I think I've talked about it before in the podcast, especially I think when Monkey Business covered Lego. But knowing that you wanted me to be here today, I was like just kind of rolling through in my head and it did pop up. And and I was eight years old. So what, 1978, 77, 78, some of that neck of the woods. And we had a field trip. I was still at, was I at Nashville Hall? I was at Nashville Hall, second or third grade. And we had a field trip to downtown Rochester. We were going to see all of the cool sites in downtown Rochester. It's going to be a lot of fun. And of course, you know, a lot of the people of my generation and, and slightly younger will remember Sibley's and all of its regal department store glory of the classic era of the, you know, this, as the seventies were still kind of the, the pinnacle of, of that at this time, at that time. Right. And uh, what was I going with this? Okay. So yes, toy department. It existed. It was a thing. It was a real thing. And so we were there, we we're hanging out and I remember seeing it and seeing the set. And I'm sure to this day, I probably still have one or two of the bricks left in my collection somewhere, but I, I couldn't tell you where the, the instructions have gone or anything along those lines. But uh, it was a helicopter and it was a simple little, I, I think I got it for like a buck and a half. I don't remember exactly the, the, the full the details or anything like that. Cause you know, 43 and I'm, 43 years ago and I'm old, but I do remember being white and red. It was maybe, maybe a couple dozen bricks and it had the cool little, uh, the spinner on it, on the top. You can, I had two pieces together and it had the four prong spinner and, and you created the helicopter blades off of that. And I just was enamored with that thing. And I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And I figured it was probably just some sort of like fluke. Like it wasn't like a real, like, I'm not going to see this ever again kind of thing. And then my parents found it and they're like, oh yeah, no, you got this. We'll get you more. And my parents were the great enablers back in the day. And before I knew it, I had like a shoebox worth of Legos. And then that shoebox became a small, like a wine box of Legos. And it just more and more to the nowadays, I still have a lot of my old Legos from when I was a kid in this massive plastic tub up in the attic. (laughs) But yeah, I remember my first set. Yep. That's that long, that long rambling story that old people are prone to fall into. And, and, but it was a, like a, a white with red highlights uh, helicopter. I remember my first one too. I don't remember precisely when I got it. It was either mm-hmm. a birthday or Christmas gift, but my dad picked out the Lego shell gas station. Oh, cool. Oh, nice. It was a big, big set with a custom plate designed to, to be used as a roadway. And, and, you know, you, you know that how gas stations are set up. So you got the enough driving space between where the gas pumps are. Mm-hmm. They just have just enough studs in the center to put the gas pumps themselves. And it came with all kinds of little neat extra doodads, like a mailbox, an air pump, a little uh, 
convenience store, and a little tow truck. Nice. And I remember wanting to get ahead of everything else and put stickers on. Absolutely. <laughs> That's the best part, man. Yes. And that, like much like for you, was the beginning of a fairly long addiction, though. When I hit my uh, late teens, I eventually donated them to my younger cousin, Sean, mm-hmm. who you would have heard on our Improv Games podcast mm-hmm. way back mm-hmm. when. And Uncle Mike discovered the joys of cleaning up Legos at that point, too. <laughs> you, have to, you have to spread the love that is the Lego brick. My first actual um, experience with Lego was my dad, because we didn't have the time. We didn't have really the money for the big kits. So he would get the smaller ones. And he got me the fire truck and the ambulance because, you know, he was a firefighter. And I always used to put those together, take them apart, put them together, take them apart. Um, And then we would get to the point where um, we would actually trade in my neighborhood. So like, oh, I have this kit. Oh, I have this kit. I'll trade you this kit for this kit. And we used to do that too. And of course, pieces go missing. And then I gave all of my Legos to, um, cause I used to have the little Lego box with the little click thing that actually had the Lego symbol on, like the blue box, the red box, and you could put all your Legos in it and you can click it. And it was like a suitcase. So you could carry your Legos with you when you went to other people's houses. Okay. Yeah. And I gave that actually, uh, ended up being given to a friend of the family who had a young, um, a young daughter who was getting into Legos. And I was kind of out of Legos at that time. I started getting into like my Smurfs and my like my little ponies and stuff like that. So we gave them to them so that they had the Legos. So that, so she could play with the Legos. Um, and she really got into the Legos and I think she's an engineer now because of that. So I see that's, that's the stuff. I mean, I can't, I would not be surprised if there are people out there who can say, hey, you know, I became an architect because of playing with Legos. I became an engineer because of playing with Technic and Legos. You know, I became a contractor because I loved building things because of the, Le- you know, and just Lego as not just a toy and creative building toy, but as an inspiration for how you want to affect the world around you. It's just, it's, it's just amazing. And and the thing I always used to love about Legos was was the fact that with Legos there was no blue aisle pink aisle. It mm-hmm. was just Legos. And right. there was an advertisement and they actually went back and they actually talked to the girl in the advertisement. They had it was a picture of of a girl about 8 years old. She's holding up a Lego set, you know, with the rocket and everything and she, you know, she, and she's just like, you know, and it was something about like, you know, Lego is part of the magic, you know, creativity and blah, blah 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 blah. And they interviewed her later and she was like, "Oh yeah, she's like Legos was like the greatest thing to her." Like she was talking about how much it changed her life. And they were talking and it was I remember the article was about how Lego started to kind of go down that rabbit hole of the pink eye on the blue aisle mm-hmm. with with the Lego friends set and the Lego's fairy set and she was like you didn't Lego did not need to do that. You don't need to make a girls girls set or a boy set. Just make the sets and the, they'll well, decide what they want. You know, the thing is, is that, and I, I understand where you're saying, and I agree yeah. with that, that I would prefer if that were the actual mindset of society. Right. But mm-hmm. there was almost, you know, I mean, it, it, there's, there's nothing wrong with pop culture that can't be ruined by gatekeeping. I agree with that too. Right. Right. And, and so you have, and I, I can't accuse any particular of mindset because I'm sure all everybody's been guilty of it somewhere along the line. But you have to think that there's probably, you know, even if it's just a, a girl walking down the toy aisle and looking at it and, and just getting the vibe check off of the box and being like, oh, I guess this isn't for me then and move yeah. on. So that friends set kind of invited them into, you know, and, and it did have some levels of success, if, oh, if I'm did. not mistaken. It's in the still research. going. Yeah, it's still it's trucking still along. Going. I remember I remember Jules got a friend set and she got the she had an absolute kick out of it. She thought it was the greatest thing ever. Oh yeah. And I and there's nothing wrong like to me, honestly, there's nothing wrong with having cuz it's to me to me as a person, like the friends and the fairies set was like it's a story. It's no different than the Ninjago and it's no right, different right, right. than the castle set or any of those. It has its own story. And 
And there's nothing wrong with that. Because that was the thing I actually kind of started to enjoy when Lego started creating their own stories, like the city story, like Lego City or Lego um, Lego Castle. Oh, my God. I always wanted the Lego Castle set. And everyone was like, you don't have the patience to put it together. I'm like, I don't care. It's a castle and I want it. <laughs> Never did get that one. Maybe I'll get it when they re release it. I remember. Yeah. And then I remember when they came out with the Harry Potter Castle. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's the Lego Castle, but cooler. <laughs> but and you know that's the thing is like i love the fact that they i mean legos could have just very easily have just kept putting out the different sets that they had for like here's the car here's this here's that lego because it was the legoland sets that's actually what they were called back then when mm -hmm. you had the town set you had the construction set you had the fire department set um the downtown set and my always actually my one goal at one point was I wanted to try to build a house out of Legos, and then I realized that I don't have I don't have that mindset for construction, because mm -hmm. I would make the wall and the wall and just put them next to each other, and then I couldn't understand why they kept falling down because they weren't interlocked. <laughs> and I was oh. like, Oh my god! And and being and being a seven year old kid and not uh -huh. catching on to that, I used to get so pissed. I think it's why is it falling over? How dare this thing not? Why are you not standing up? You look like the picture, but you're not secure enough. And I'm like, then and now and then I'm older. I'm like, oh yeah, dummy, you're supposed to interlock the bricks to the wall, the walls together. Right. <laughs> like it was one of those like when you're older. So yeah, you'll learn. And everything hurts more when you're older too. I've noticed that. Just saying. Yeah. Especially Lego bricks. Um, <laughs> so. As we get older, no, nothing could be, I mean, honestly, like, I realize now more as an adult, I really want to do more Legos. Like, I did Legos for my Raspberry Pi and, and built a Nintendo, like, the actual, like, it, that my Raspberry Pi sits in this case that's Lego bricks and it looks like a Nintendo system. Like, the old-fashioned Nintendo system. Oh, cool. Um, You know, and it's like, I, I, I had so much fun putting that together. I'm like, man, I, now I want to, like, make more Legos. I don't have room, but I want to make more Legos. I bought bookshelves for my home office for the express purpose of people kept giving me Lego sets and I've been building them happily. Like <laughs> just in the past 18 months alone, I have the International Space Station. I've got a TIE fighter. I've got a space buggy. You know, I've got a, a couple of other things here on the on the, the shelves behind me. I've got a Tony Stark's uh, workshop and a couple of Iron Man suits there. I've got a TARDIS, you know, and, and that's just, I, I some of these sets I bought for myself and I'm, you know, I, I am not the child that people, you know, think that should be playing with Legos. I am the child at heart or, you know, emotionally speaking, I guess, well, you know, to know me is to understand. Yeah. But the thing is, is like, that's why I love that Legos has on the side from ages one to 99. Oh, is it one to 99? I always thought it was like eight to 99 or something like that. That's cool. Because no. they're just like, no shame. Do what you want. And, and it was funny. Tanya's son, Riker, and I have discovered that there are two types there's the master constructor, the person who likes to buy the set, mm -hmm. you know, take the instructions out, build the set in, in the most dedicated way possible, making sure that it's, it's accurate to the, to the instructions, and then play with that toy. If you create a car with your Lego set, then that is your toy. You know, you don't break it apart you, so that you can build something else. It's the car. Those Legos were meant to be a car, and that's the only thing. And we'll put it on display and we'll zoom it around the house, stuff like that. And if it should break, that's okay because Legos make it easier to fix them, right? Yeah. And then there's the master builder. There's the person who looks at Legos and says, what can I do with this? Yes. And, and proceeds to do like whatever comes to their imagination. Like, like kind of, I'm, I would put James in the master builder category right I'm now. I'm kind of in the halfway point. Yeah, a bit of a hybrid. Because I'm, I have an idea in my head for a specific design, and right now I don't. I'm not buying sets, or I'm trying not to buy sets mm -hmm. to to accommodate that purpose. I'm trying to piece things out brick by brick by brick to mm -hmm. make this arcade project. I'm so excited for that. I'm looking forward to seeing how it comes out. Yeah. Then the reason why I would put you more in the master category, because we were at we were at the toy fair earlier at Village Gate here in Rochester, and um, I was there to find Smurfs, and he was looking for like Legos and stuff, and he was looking at the kits and going, "What can I do with this? 
like how right? can I use it? Like and that and to me that's a master builder, not the oh my god, it's a kit to make this I want it. It was the okay, now how can I use this in other ways? And to me that is the mark of a master builder. Absolutely. Where you're, where you're looking at the kit and you're thinking of not the picture on the box, but how can I use the pieces in here? To do what I want to do. And I, and to me, that is a whole, that, that, I'm not that person when it comes to building things. Like, I'm like, it's a picture. I have the step-by-step instructions. You will follow the directions. Like, I'm not, like, coming up with a and d campaign, I can, I can go anywhere with that. Writing anywhere with that. But when it comes, you know, making jewelry, I can go anywhere with that too. But like, with Legos, I'm, clearly in the here's the picture i want it to look like the picture mm-hmm. you know where james and the, is- there, see the, the thing is is there's no wrong way to play with a lego nope none nope. at all so when i'm making those designations i'm not setting up camps of that should be opposed to each other in any way shape or form. Oh, no. i'm just saying there's approaches and neither one is wrong mm-hmm. you know like Riker, uh you know tanya's son he he looks at the set, he builds the set, and then he wants to put the set on the shelf and then play with it from time to time as as the actual toy. Nothing wrong with that. I asked him one time, I said, you know, well, what about all these loose Legos over here? You know, what do you think we, we should build with those? I don't know. I, I lost the instructions. So so I really don't want to play with those anymore. Oh, okay, cool. Well, you know, more for me. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know and, and one of the, just to show how, how informative Legos are. I want to talk really quickly about something that I don't think many people realize. Mm. Um, have you guys ever heard of FIRST? Yes. The robotics? Yeah. yeah. They actually have for um, some of the younger kids to teach them exploration before they make it up into the robotics league. It's called the FIRST Lego League. And this is for um, kids that are in, you know, they have first Lego League Discovery, which is ages four to six. Um, they have Explore, which is six to 10. And they have Challenge, which is nine to 16. And then kind of like also with the challenge, you also go up into the robotics, like actually mm-hmm. building the robots. So this is kind of also the other thing that Lego has a tendency to do with some of the bricks that are not quite perfect is they'll actually use them in the lego league too they will okay because what have you guys ever done a lego heard like actually heard the interesting bits to a lego league yes we had them at one of the early fc3s but i never had the opportunity to go actually play them but i but i know that you know i'm aware that they exist i know what they're up to stuff like that so one of my friends so it's very similar to robotics where you're given a task and what Lego does is they send you the box with the bricks and everything to build mm-hmm. what you need to build to complete the task. So where with robotics, there you know you get Lego actually sends you all the materials you need to build the machine or to build the cityscape or to build the the course and with the directions to help you kind of figure it out and. This Lego League is actually in over 110 countries and they do events, they do challenges, and they try to inspire kids to kind of get into STEM, you know, science, technology, engineering, and math. Right. And it's, it's a lot, if you ever get it, and if anyone, if you have kids, like young kids and, you know, they're into Legos, they're like, yeah, you know, this is definitely something for them to check out because they also do events. They do it as a, as a competition, but like as a fair competition, you know, it's kind of like, Hey, win or lose, you're still awesome for being here. Um, and it's really, yeah. And it's just really cool to look at like to watch what these kids come up with across the world because because it's the same challenge across the world and just seeing how kids in different countries kind of get into it um representing their countries they're just amazing to watch these kids just just be that creative i mean because to me like i said engineering and construction and making stuff outside the box is not my thing but Mm -hmm. watching these kids and and this is an awesome thing that lego partnered up with them to do because it's just one big huge game for these guys and it's amazing to watch these kids and what they come up with you know it's just i i it's if you get a chance to watch some of the stuff on youtube do it because I'm, so these kids come up with some stuff where i'm like i wouldn't have thought of that that's kind of cool 
Like, I'm like, I wouldn't have thought to do that. So. So what I want to talk about next, real briefly, <laughs> when we read the toys show today, I bought a $15 bag of random Lego pieces. Mm-hmm. I've had the time to sort through these. And when they say random, they mean random. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Some of the things I have found are a one by two tan tile with a sticker of a sock. Oh, <laughs> it's oh, the I proverbial think... missing sock. That's hilarious. That needs to that definitely needs to go into the arcade. I have also okay. found a red two by four slope piece. Mm-hmm. With an image of the late 90s slash early 2000s Hamburglar. Oh, no. Oh, that's great. I have no clue what I'd do with that. But that's still great. And Taunting Me uh-huh. is a tile. It's I believe it is a 1x4x2 piece. Mm-hmm. And it is a part of... Of the mystery machine. Oh, wow. Oh, that is definitely taunting you. That is sticking its tongue out at you going, nee, 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 nee. <laughs> Yeah. Nee, 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 nee. Especially <laughs> since Scooby-Doo, the, that Lego theme was one of the worst selling themes they did. Really? To my disappointment. You think something like that would be a lot more popular. Yeah. I know, yeah. And now the aftermarket prices for... Certain characters, namely the girls, Velma and Daphne, are astronomical. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Scooby and Shaggy, cheap. They were included in every set. They were in Lego Dimensions. You can find them no problem. Hmm. Yeah, but... Well, I think at the point in time when Lego finally decided to do, like, to do, like, a Lego Scooby-Doo, I honestly think the market got so saturated with Scooby-Doo stuff... That it was kind of like, eh, kind of burnout yeah. at that point. Like, yeah, I think that was around the time when the Mysteries Inc. series was uh, current. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that it just like I think because even I was like, I'm a huge Scooby Doo fan, and even I was like, slow your roll, there, people, slow your roll. <laughs> it's like you know. was starting to get burned out. If we had Pemmy on hand, he'd know for sure. Yeah, he could just spit out a year, and he'd be like, okay, this was current. You're right, because that's that's why Pemmy's awesome. We need to get him back on the show at some point too. Yeah, as soon as the schedule frees up. So, as as we kind of talked about the different things that Lego has done, let's talk. So, let's who wants to talk a little bit about uh, Lego in real life, aka the Legolands. I know very little other than they exist, and that I want to go visit them all. Yeah. So there is one here in New York. It's in Goshen, New York, and it opens on April eighth. So there you go. And it where's it in in Gosha? You said in Goshen, New York. Okay, I I keep saying we got to make a road trip up there. Seriously, give me a second. I might actually tell you exactly where that is in in relative to New York New York State. Uh, It is just outside the Catskills Park. Uh, Not probably. It's outside New York City. How's that? Oh wow! Oh yeah. Mm. So that's a bit of a haul for us, but yeah, not an un, not an undoable road trip. No, it's um. As long as we take turns driving. Yeah. Well, we well actually, it. that kind of a drive, I'd be fine with that. I could do that. Yeah, it's just a, it's literally just off of Route 17 going down to New York City. Well, uh, sad. I wanted to get my kicks on Route 66, but oh well. That's the other side. Um, you are in the you are way too north for Route sixty six. Fair. Yeah. Ooh. Could Did you just find something interesting? Yeah, I just figured how far. I'm just looking at how far away it is from where my cousins are in New York City. Um, <laughs> I was like, ooh, I could go visit. Um, I think there's other Legolands too. There's one in Orlando, in Florida. Okay. There's one in California. Uh-huh. There's one in Dubai. Oh, nice. That makes sense. That is Dubai. I believe there's there's got to be one in Den in Denmark. There has to be, there has to be one in. I believe Denmark. that's the original one, isn't it? Yeah, that, I, I do believe that exists. I want to do Legoland locations. There has, I mean, considering that is kind of where where it all uh, began. Yeah, I, there has to be one in Dubai or in uh, Denmark. Denmark. Yes, there is. There's one in Deutschland. 
And it's in Dutch, and I can't read that. Um, there's Dubai, Malaysia, Korea, Windsor, Japan, Florida. Yep, there's one in the hometown of Legos called Billund, Billund which is uh-huh. in, which is in Denmark. Okay. Florida, New York, California. Surprised there's not one in is Windsor in England, or is that the Canadian one? I always have to check. Yep, Little that people one's... realize that there's one in Istanbul, not Constantinople. No, sorry. No, I'm not doing that today. My bad. Istanbul, not Constantinople. <laughs> sorry. But if you if you want to see if there's any near you in other ways, you can look for Legoland Discovery Centers. Those mm-hmm. are actually all over the – a lot more all over the place, including Shanghai, China, uh, Melbourne, Australia, Istanbul, Turkey – <laughs> you were right. Um, Toronto, um, Canada. I've actually been to the one in Toronto. And Manchester, UK. Okay. And who said Manchester's not united? <laughs> I know. They're getting worse. I'm, <laughs> I'd like to apologize, but I'm not going to. So. <laughs> Please don't. That might make it worse. There you go. So, yeah. So... There's those ones. So, yeah, even Legoland is an amusement park, too, for those of you who want your fix. So let me, I'm just showing where currently the art of the brick is for those. Oh, so if you live near San Francisco or Chicago, you can go see the art of the brick because it is actually there. And like I said, that is an amazing exhibit to look at because that was once here. That was awesome. Just just Lego artists in general are just amazing to go and see because the stuff they do with the bricks is like, oh my God. I would never have thought to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. James, what's, your, what's the favorite set you remember? My favorite set was probably one of the last sets I, I got when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. It was uh, a pirate set. Nice. And it, oh. it was this lagoon. So it was all designed up to look with, to include, uh, actually it wasn't a lagoon, it was an island. Okay. But it had all these fun elements. This is when they were just starting to roll out more detailed Lego faces. Mm-hmm. So you mm-hmm. had the red bearded pirate captain with the hook hand. And you had a Lego, and you had a little two scale Lego shark and a monkey and a parrot and and I was just enamored with how advanced these pieces were getting for that one brief window of time. And then we moved. I got into middle school and I started getting a little too old. At least that's what I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very it's so sad when we let peer pressure force us away from the things we enjoy. Because cause well, that cost was a factor, too, because at that point I was starting to get into radio and started building up a music library to do that with. So, you know, they got pushed aside. Fair enough. And then I became a broke college kid. Yeah, we've all been there. And Chrissy, do you have a particular favorite you remember? I remember, so in college, a whole bunch of us actually pulled our money together. And I don't know who got the set, but at the Walmart by Niagara, they actually had the original... Um, set the original um, Hogwarts castle. So a whole bunch of us who were very much into Harry Potter pulled our money together and we bought the set and we sat in the common room in Lynch Hall putting together the Hogwarts castle. And that was so much fun to do. And we kind of left it up in the common room because we were so proud of it. So everyone could see just how big of a, of a dorks we were. <laughs> That was my favorite set. That was one of my my last few sets. Um, if one a current set that I actually still have, I would definitely say was my Nintendo case mm-hmm. to put my Raspberry Pi into. That that is my current favorite. The one I want to buy more than anything is the Mario Brothers set, where you can actually play Mario Brothers. There's okay. a bunch of them now, and they just announced you're going to mm-hmm. be able to play as Princess Peach in them pretty soon. Oh, fun. And they're coming out with the Koopalings from Mario 3. That's kind of cool, too. That's cool. And they got some Luigi's Mansion sets out now. And, geez, I think I know what I'm getting you for your birthday. Hee <laughs> hee. I love Luigi's <laughs> Mansion. That, that's my other favorite game to play. I'm I'm, ba- I'm replaying 3 as well. I, I have too many games I play, but I am kind of replaying 3. 
Is there really any such thing as too many games? No. No. Um, no when they all. start encroaching on your bed. Well, okay, yeah, I suppose that's a thing. So I'm just, because I got kind of curious as we were talking, I just was trying to figure out which were the best, which were, which were like the top biggest selling Lego sets. So I kind of was looking and it's, you know, it's kind of hard because they do it by year. So it's like the big, like, I'm, I'm just trying to like, what were the best selling Lego sets? Because, like, we all have our favorites. Chris, I don't think we got your favorite. My favorite? Oh. Um, I, you know what? For me, growing up in the 70s and 80s, the penultimate Lego set to have, the one that said you have arrived, you were the guy on the block for this sort of thing, was the Galaxy Explorer. Big mm. old spaceship. It had the two-person main cabinet. It would, it, you know, when it was landed, you can unlock a little piece, and then the whole back end would fan out. A little guy in a rover would come out. So you had a three-person crew on this thing. It was a beast. It was like one of the biggest Lego sets I'd ever seen at that point. And I'm pretty sure I still have all the pieces, and I just would have to find the instructions. <laughs> I might be able to put that one back together again. I don't know, but uh, but yeah, when I got that, I was like, oh my god, this is the coolest thing ever. <laughs> And I think second place would actually go to a custom. When when Voltron first came out, and everybody was like, oh, this is so cool. And then the vehicle Voltron came out, and everybody was talking about the cartoons, and they were getting the toys and whatnot. And and I didn't. I didn't go looking for the, the Voltron toys. I decided to start making my own. And nice. so I made, a, I made a bunch of cars and little, like, kind of lumpy spaceships and whatnot. And I had like, it was an eight piece thing, but it was, it ended up being not so much Voltron, but Lego bot is what I called it. And it would just, you could have these individual toys just kind of doing their own thing, driving around and whatnot. But then I would do the combination maneuver and I I would sit there and be singing the, uh, uh, be humming the the Voltron theme, you know, to myself quietly while I was putting them all together. It took me about, you know, a minute to do it. But then here, boom, all of a sudden it's a big old honking robot. And with no articulation, I mean, the arms would kind of swing up and down, but the legs were on wheels for a reason because I couldn't make the legs move. <laughs> so they were just all like, okay, yay, look at me. I'm so cool. I made my own Voltron. So yeah, that's my, that's my, that's one of my favorite Lego memories, at least. Nice. Going on with this, so I couldn't find best, I found best selling Lego sets of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also found a list of the hardest sets to build with. I'm pretty sure the Millennium Falcon's on that list, considering what Anne's been going through. Poor okay. Anne. So why don't I start with the 10 biggest Le- uh, best-selling Lego sets of all time. Mm-hmm. One is the Coliseum. Okay. There is Star Wars Millennium Falcon. Harry Potter's Hogwarts Castle, which we did talk about. The mm-hmm. Taj Mahal. That doesn't surprise me. No. um, Harry Potter uh, Diagon Alley. Star Wars Ultimate Collector Lego Millennium Falcon. Mm -hmm. Ninjago City. And it has here uh, Star Wars Imperial Star Destroyer. And they don't give me 9 or 10, so you suck website. The hardest ones to build are the Eiffel Tower, the Ghostbusters Firehouse, I wish I jumped on that one when it came out. The ultimate collector's edition of the Millennium Falcon. So there's that. I think that's the one Anne has. Yeah, that's the one Anne has. Yeah. So, so no he's... wonder she's struggling. Oh yeah, it's it's been a it's been a chore. Yeah. She got that... it for Christmas, and she's still working on the on the subframe and a couple of the interior modules. Wow. Uh, the Tower Bridge, which is the Tower of London, uh, mm-hmm. Superstar Destroyer. Oh my God! I can only imagine. Yeah, the Marvel Shield um, Helicarrier. Okay. A motorized eight at at, and the Sydney Opera House. Yeah, the Sydney Opera House is definitely an, uh, is an architectural challenge to begin with because of all of its cones and shapes and whatnot. The coolest Lego sets to ever been released is the Ultimate Collector Star Wars Millennium Edition, Millennium Falcon. Uh huh. The Taj Mahal, the King's Castle. The Ultimate Collector Series Imperial Star Destroyer, the Airport Shuttle, the Market Street, the Milk Truck, and pretty much any, they put down pretty much any uh, Lego Minfigs from Series 10. Oh, that that was the monster set. Yeah. Okay. I was going to ask. Thank you. The biggest sets right now, number one, is actually 
just I, I was wrong before when I said it was the Taj Mahal. It's actually the Millennium Falcons Ultimate Collector Series that tops out at seven thousand five hundred and forty-one pieces. Yeah, I was gonna say. I, I mean, I, I know that box well because I've been over to Anne's house a couple times to help with some of the some of the building. Uh, you know, it's funny. I think short of Brian, the entire FC3 board of directors has had a hand in trying to work that that put that Falcon together. Poor Anne. Well, Wade found a way to keep her busy when he's not home. Yeah, you know, idle hands and all that fun stuff. Oh yeah. So yep. <laughs> another Lego set. I wish I jumped on when I saw it before I start. Now that it's retired, mm. a Palace Cinema. Oh, really? That was a set. That's so cool. Just look up Lego Palace Cinema, and you will see probably the most perfect set probably ever designed. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking for, you know, I joke around. I, I, I joke around because I, I would build Legos with the kids. You know, I, I'm the one who got Ian and Jules into, into Lego because we had such a blast with it. And they had their own Lego sets. And as they've gotten older, they have bequeathed their sets back to their father so that I can, you know, store them and play with them and hang out with them. And what's, you know, from time to time, my own. I know that eventually there will come a day in the future where I will be a grandfather and that's when it's going to get weird because <laughs> I'm going to be like, I'm going to start using this as an excuse to build a massive Lego city in my, in my basement. That's going to be, because <laughs> I've done it before, you know, when I was like, when I was a teenager I, and I had all these spare Legos, I just built my own freaking city in the, in the basement on my mom's old kitchen table, which was down there. You know, it's just kind of kicked back and start. I'm like, okay, here's, I got street plates. All right. We're going to use these. We're going to build this building over here, this tower over here. I was stringing fishing line between posts and saying yeah these are the power cables look see i'm feeding i'm feeding power generation to the <laughs> <laughs> I, was love it. I was having a grand old freaking time and i i'm just going to use having grandkids as an excuse to get back into it at that level because people will be like you know chris you're in your 60s early 70s at this point and you're still playing with legos hell yeah look yeah. at this i'm hanging i'm hanging out with my grandkids no i'm not i'm there they're home with their families i'm doing this on my damn self so. <laughs> the, the thing is though is with, with the group of friends that we have here with the the, the flower city comic-con all yeah. of a sudden I'm like dude why didn't you call me to come over <laughs> I know, I know. That's the greatest thing about my circle of friends with you guys and and the and the con folks is that there's nobody who would actually be judgmental. They would only be upset that he didn't invite them over. Yeah, pretty much. That, that would, that yeah, would be, you know. Like, and it'd be like, yeah, I did this. And why didn't you call me? Why did you call me? I wanted to be part of that. <laughs> did Dude. you do the suspension bridge from the from the laundry area over to your workshop? Yeah. Oh, come on! I wanted to be a part of that. <laughs> Damn you, Chris! You're supposed to call us. The nursing home better have a Lego room. Is all I gotta say. Honestly, the nursing home, like the nursing homes, have to up their game by the time our generation gets up there because we'd be like, "Dude, you don't have video games. You don't have Where's this." Where's the D library? Come on, what, what lame ass crap is this? Who are you people? And how? Who, who told you you can open a nursing home? That's it. I'm starting my own. This is elder abuse. Where are the Legos? <laughs> <laughs> I remember when the uh, Wii came out and they were putting uh, those in the nursing home because it got the, the elders up, like older people up and moving. Yeah, got them like, up and playing. Got them up and playing. And it was like, I signed and sat there and I'm like, there, I'm like, that is a nursing home I want to go into. I don't give a shit how they treat me, but as long as they have a video game system I can play, we are good to go. There you go. See, just give me the pudding cup and, and, uh, and some Wii time and we're off and running. There we go. You know, it's funny, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, here's another tangent for you. I'm sorry, I'm so really good at that. You know, when when you're young and you're getting into D&D for the first time, you play characters that are middle-aged and older because you're like, oh, I want to feel all old and important and whatnot. And then when you're old, you're going to be playing the young characters because you want to feel young again. <laughs> yep. You know, I think that's one of the glories of Lego, though, is that, you know, they do market it so that you can kind of just tinker with them whenever you feel like it. And they have these great, you know, the city and the architecture sets. You know, like you were talking about the Sydney Opera House and the Eiffel Tower and stuff like that. It's it's not just limited. You could really just, you can kick back and spend some time building things and just, you know, it doesn't matter who you are or what you are, or how old you are. It's at Legos there, man. It's just, it's good stuff. It's, 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 it's something so easy to do. And then there's the iconic click. You know, when you put, there's nothing more satisfying than a Lego click. Yep. There really isn't. Yep. Let me tell you, this wasn't that long ago. I think um, 
when did I redo my office? When did I do the paint job and whatnot? It was just around, was it between Thanksgiving and Christmas? I'm asking you guys like you were a part of it or something like that. I, I remember, remember you. Ta- I remember you talking about it. That's when I did I the painting and, and all that stuff, and I put the new bookcases in and things like that, it was it was. I bought. Oh, you know what? I had been with. I was with Tanya, and we were doing our final um, Christmas shopping together when uh, when I bought that space buggy set for myself because I yes, yeah, damn well I deserved it. Um, mm-hmm. And and what had happened is I or, okay. So here's the scenario. I, You've both have been in my home office, so you know how the desk is structured and whatnot. Right. So I had an episode of Critical Role on one screen. I had, um, I think, a spreadsheet for a D&D character on the main screen. And then I am sitting there quietly playing Legos. I'm building this this space buggy as as Critical Role is playing. And I'm eating pizza. You know, I'm just, just chilling, just mowing down on some pizza. And my son walks into the room. And he looks at the whole situation and just starts laughing. Now I didn't, I wasn't paying attention. So I didn't know why he was, what he was laughing about. And I go, what's going on? What, you know, what happened? He goes, I'm coming in here and here's my 50 year old dad listening to a D and D podcast, playing with Legos and eating pizza. He goes, yeah. he goes, how old are you? <laughs> and I'm like, I am, this is my age defying system right now. <laughs> You're How does Chris old- look so young? He never grew up. I always look at it like this: you're 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 as old as you are as old as you feel, and you're as young as you want to act. There you go. We're gonna take a break while I go go look for some one by one black plates. Nice. <laughs> I know exactly what those are. And in, when we return, we'll have this day in gaming history. So stay tuned. Smashing. Smashing. Want to support the Irregulars? Head over to www.patreon.com backslash FC3ROC. We're part of the media division of Flower City Comic Con, based in Rochester, New York. We're a nonprofit group. Everything we make off of Patreon and everything else we do goes right back into putting on our future conventions and other events, from reserving the facilities to bringing in guests. If you pledge any amount, even a slim dollar, you will receive improved access to my blog entries, where every Tuesday I go over current video game news and write retrospectives on old-school arcade games, all delivered conveniently to your inbox. There's plenty of other perks and rewards, and if you don't see what you're looking for, reach out to the crew. They'll be happy to work with you. Want to get a hold of us in particular? You can email Christy directly at k-r-i-s-s-i at fc3roc dot org. And me at J-A-M-E-S at F-C-3-R-O-C dot org. At the moment, we're still working out most social media matters, but we are indeed on Facebook at Gaming Street Irregulars. Chrissy and I are fairly frequently there sharing news and things we find cool. And begging, I mean asking, for your questions and answers to be used in upcoming episodes. Yeah, asking. That's the ticket. We love hearing from you all, whether you have praise, constructive criticism, or just want to share something cool and gaming-related yourselves. Also, wherever you find FC3 on social media, we're usually not too far behind, so if you reach out to them with something for us, they'll get it to us shortly. Legally speaking, all music, sound effects, voice clips, and so on are the properties of their respective owners. We make no claim to them and have no intention of profiting off of them. Please don't sue us. We have nothing you'd want. And now, today in video game history, now that we have switched to a Saturday publishing schedule, this is on March 19th, in 1994, was the release of an all-time classic on the Super NES, Super Metroid. I wasted a few hours on that one. This is one of the most important games in one of my all-time favorite genres, the Metroidvania. Mm-hmm. which is an exploratory action platformer. You know, we're going to do a whole episode on these down the line at some point, but the the premise is you go you you search around the area, you're you're slowly beating bosses, but as you're exploring, you're finding areas you can't reach. Mm-hmm. And as you and you know, like your jump height isn't high enough or 
there's a, you need a certain type of explosive or some other way of getting through. And as you yeah. and as as you find power ups and other abilities, you get the means to to find the way through to those places you can't reach. And so the world just keeps expanding and expanding and as you keep growing in power. It's a really fun, empowering play cycle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this put a lot of the elements together. You know, some of those had been there, but this was the first one to have a really good mini-map along with it. Yeah, oh, yeah that's, that's right. That, you know, for, yeah. for a game like this, that's crucial. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the many reasons why I'm very glad I have my SNES Mini because that is on there. Awesome, <laughs> awesome. It's also it's also on the Switch Online too. Thank goodness. Mm-hmm. So let's get things wrapped up. Chris, where can people find you online? Um, no, I'm hiding. You can't find me online. No, it's um, if you go to Linktree or if you you can use Linktree, you can find uh, Mighty Monkey. And you will find all of FC3's online presence, all of our podcasts, our main, main FC3 website, all of our social media and stuff like that. Uh, I can be found on Twitter at I am Distilts, I am D Stilts number two. Uh, so I am Distilts two at Twitter. On TikTok, you can find me at, at Shadowthorn, and that's spelled in a wonky way. Uh, but Chrissy knows how it's spelled now. I had educator the other day on that, but it's a uh, it's it's very French. It's not OW in the middle, it's EUX because I'm classy like that. And it's his D&D character. It is, but it's been several of my D&D characters over the past 30 plus years. Many generations. Yep. Generations, iterations, and, and permutations. And I also I also added to the lore not too long ago. You did. I was so excited for that. I I love that when people do that. It's because there are some folks who hesitate. They're like, "Oh, this has been yours for so long. Hey, you can have at it. Go for it, dude." And you know, and Chrissy said, "Challenge accepted." <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It was like he was just he's like, "Yeah, you know, whatever." And I'm like, "Don't you? I will take over if you let me do." <laughs> <laughs> Life is good. Yes, Chrissy. Before I forget, I just want to say on the public record. You are doing a marvelous job as a dungeon master. Thank you. You are. Oh, it's so exciting to watch you do watch you work. It's so much fun. I, I have an absolutely um, I'm having an absolutely amazing time with it, and and doing it has actually opened up me to going back to some of my more creative writing roots. So I have been I have definitely been inspired to work on several stories that have been percolating in my brain, and I just haven't been able to put down. And I definitely recommend for anyone who has hit writer's block to definitely just DM a quick game because man, that just smashes the writer's block because you could. Because you guys make me think on my toes, which helps mm-hmm. me think of new ways to, to create a situation. And that really destroys writer's block. It really does. I remember uh, our very first session together and you were, there was definitely some trepidation there. You weren't quite sure what you were getting into. And then by the end of it, you were grinning your little ass off. So I'm like, yep, she's having fun now. So that's the best part when the DM is having just as much fun as the players. That's like, yeah. that's the quality right there. That's my, the good stuff. And my biggest worry with it was, was I don't want to, it was the idea of, cause I've been with, I've been in certain campaigns where it's like the DM versus the players. Yeah. I hate those. And I hate those. Should because- never be confrontational. Should no. always be a team. Where my take on it is, all right, I'm telling a story and you all are in it, and mm-hmm. where you mm-hmm. guys go is gonna tell me where the story goes. So Yep. And it's just been it's just been amazing. Like I've just been having such an amazing time. So I am so excited for you and James. I'm enjoying getting a chance to play with you. I know we've talked about D D so much that finally we're at a table together. That's mm-hmm. great. Yeah. And I hope the group dynamic is working out so far for you. I mean, you're the host, so it's, if you're not having fun, then we're not having much of anything. Oh, I'm having a... I, see, here's the thing. I, for me to have fun with D&D, it's basically, let me play D&D. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've had the horror stories, and we can talk about a D&D podcast another time. Um, but I've had the horror stories and whatnot, and I've dealt with it. But you know what? At this stage in my life, I'm like, all right, if this game's not working out, I'm just not going to play it anymore. I'll find another one. But I'm not going to let it really just color my whole D experience anymore at this stage um mm-hmm. and and the group dynamic is a little chaotic at the moment but i think it's because it's a bunch of people that have never played together there are people who have played together within the group mm-hmm. but the whole yeah. group has not played together yet so as we and i noticed in this last session we had just friday things are a lot different now i'm, I'm getting the vibe we're, we're all more like okay cool we're we're starting to kind of get into our rhythm here things are starting to happen we actually got into the dungeon at this point and we just 
freaking juggernaut of the place. It was amazing. So it's, and it's cool to see everybody kind of doing their thing now and, and we're all starting to play off each other. So this is cool. It's, it's just going to get better now. It's going to keep getting better. I, I think, so think my favorite moment was when you were trying to be all stealthy and sneaky and stuff like beer delivery this way. Okay. And then you walk back and waiting for them to come out. And the next thing you know, it just tear just goes right in and was just like, yeah, yeah I'll just, yeah. Do yeah. Tr- Tristan looks at the rest of the party and just shrugs like, whoa, what? Oh, okay, fine. <laughs> you know, just adapt, improvise, overcome. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. And and I have to say that was probably a really smart move on Tears' part because if the because if you let the dogs go any long with the wolves go any longer, like trying to mm-hmm. get to you, they would have broken the chains. Yeah, which, you know. Yeah, and I was just like, I'm like, but when he went in, it was like, oh, okay, here's this guy. And I've noticed that our group is picking up animal companions very quickly. Very quickly, you have Indy. Theodora has Simon, her snake. All right. <laughs> that's around her neck. Uh, you just met with Kiwi and Kumquat. The pseudo dragons. The pseudo dragons. That actually technically are not really pseudo dragons. That's just how they present. <laughs> We're just going to call them pseudo dragons for now until they correct our pronoun usage. Well, they're just, they'll sit there and be like, yeah, sure, this works. <laughs> what 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 they really are is just like yeah whatever is this what you this is this what the shape is in this world okay Kumquat the demon slayer still is my favorite title for one of them you're a demon slayer yes yes I am I'm Kumquat and your name the is Kumquat and my name is Kumquat okay. <laughs> that's hilarious oh yeah there wait yeah wait till you guys meet cantaloupe and chili pepper. Of course, because, you know, you must represent all the food groups properly if you're going to have a balanced diet. Well, yeah, and pumpkin's too young to, to transverse, so. Oh, yeah. All uh, right, yeah, that's, yeah, that's kind of fun, and I look forward. And see, and, and I'm enjoying the fact that, listen how excited we are. Yeah. Right? So it's, it's, that's the best part, is like, we're so excited to talk about stuff like that, so we can have a whole podcast about. You know, D&D and whatnot, just because we're like, this is our jam, dude. This is like the, the, the stuff. Yeah, I live I just, for this. Yeah, we will just, eventually do a uh, a campaign recap podcast every now and again. Oh, I'm in. I'll be happy oh, to. Yeah. But I'll at the moment, I think we should just about wrap it up here. So for Christopher Frank and, of course, for Christy Harding, I'm James Irish. Thank you so much for listening to Gaming Street Regulars. And as always, game on. Bye, everyone. Da 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 da